You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. When Rosaria Butterfield wrote her spiritual memoirs of her journey from Christian hater to Christ follower, she tells a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, She was getting ready to go on a sabbatical. She was teaching at Syracuse University um, and was getting ready to go on sabbatical. She planned to spend her sabbatical writing a book, in her own words, a hit piece on the Christian right. And um, she wrote for the local newspaper a sort of opening salvo in that assault. And um, she got a lot of letters in response to that. And these letters were very easily categorizable. She had two trays on her on her uh, desk in her carol at the university, and she could easily file them in. I love you, you're doing great. I hate you, go away. <laughs> one letter after another, easily categorizable into one of the two bins. And then she got a letter that didn't seem to fit. And in that letter, person said, well, was very upfront, said, you know, I, I don't agree with you. I'm, I'm a Christian. In fact, I'm a rather conservative Presbyterian pastor here in town, and, but I think you make some really good points. And here they are. And here's some places I would challenge you. And, um, you know, if you'd like to have a discussion about this, why don't you give me a call at this phone number and we can have a cup of coffee. By the way, I'm your neighbor. <laughs> well, she took that and uh, she kept trying to decide whether to put it in one of the two bins and ultimately she put it to the back of her desk but somehow it kept coming forward on her desk and she kept running across and she kept returning to that letter and thinking through what she had read and she made the decision to call the phone number so she called this person and they were very cordial and they said thank you for calling me thank you for responding to my letter you know why don't, I'll do you one better than coffee if you're comfortable why don't you come over to my house we'd love to have you for dinner my wife and I in fact if you have a partner bring her too because Miss Butterfield was a lesbian well her partner wouldn't go but she decided to take them up on the offer. And in this story, she tells about how wonderfully gracious this family was, how much they understood how far outside of her comfort zone she was, how risky it was for her to walk into this atmosphere of a person's home who she knew disagreed with her, and how gracious they were in welcoming her and making her feel at home. And they had a wonderful dinner together. And then they had some conversation and exchanged ideas the way that academic types do. And she went home. Well, they kept up their correspondence. They had some coffees together and stuff. And finally, as she was getting ready to go out on her sabbatical, she decided she ought to read a Bible just because she ought to know what the people she was about to write about were reading. And she was a literature professor. Um, And what happened to her when she read the Bible was something that probably wouldn't happen to you and I. As a literature professor specifically, she was overwhelmed by the book 
first of all, by the quality of the literature that was in there, particularly the poetry, which was amazing and staggering. Um, here's a book written over almost 2,000 years by multiple people in different cultures, and yet there's this high literary quality to all of it. And then as she worked her way through all the books, she began to perceive what some biblical scholars miss today, which is this golden thread connecting them all. And she began to wonder if she needed to explore this a little more deeply. And so for several months, she would go and park her car across the street from the church where she knew her friend was pastoring and watch people going in and out. This would be like someone parking over at BBT for a couple of months, watching us go in and out of church, wondering if they dared sneak in the back of the sanctuary and could they get out unnoticed. Finally, she did that. And as she sat with this man who had approached her with love and respect, they got to know each other better. And she started asking him questions about the Scripture and they grew together until finally she came to faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I confess, I am not like Dr. Butterfield. The first time I got the Bible, I was as confused as the eunuch in our first reading from the book of Acts. I think I got... The first time I tried to remember reading it, actually, was I was a little kid. My grandfather gave me a King James. The King James was hard enough to get through, but by the time I got to the begots in the book of Genesis, I was done. Actually, I was falling asleep. You know, so-and-so begots, so-and-so begots, and I was going. So I tried later on, and I remember in the first year of our marriage, um, my wife was a graduate student, so around midnight, I would look at her every night and say, how much longer will you be studying? I'll be up till probably two tonight. I guess I'm going to read. <laughs> and so um, I started reading, and I remember it was partway through the Gospel of Luke. And it was Luke, I mean, this is where Jesus was an adult, so he was preaching. And I don't remember what I was reading, but I remember looking at her, because she was sitting at her computer like she always was in those days, and, and said, this guy doesn't look anything like the guy they talk about at church. He doesn't seem to get rolled nearly as easily. He doesn't seem like such a nice guy. He seems a little tougher than I expected him to be. And so I went to the assistant pastor at the church we were attending and asked her to help explain it to me. And whether it's the eunuch with Philip, Dr. Butterfield with this pastor, me and with my wife and this, this pastor out in Michigan, this is the way that evangelism is done in the Bible. It's not the responsibility of a committee. There was no church you could bring your friends to because churches met in people's homes. And to be honest, Christians were getting killed for going to church. So you didn't invite friends like it was going to be a fun party. What you could do was talk with people about Jesus. And you came alongside them. And the navigators, in fact, that's what we call it. We call it an alongsider. Someone who just... You don't have to have all the answers... You're just willing to explore the questions and walk with somebody on their spiritual journey. In the NALC, our bishop has an initiative called the Life on Life Initiative. It's one person at a time partnering up with someone else to tell them the story of Jesus. And you know the story of Jesus. The reason why we say the same words every time we come to church 
with some variation to keep it interesting, is that we rehearse the faith into our hearts this way. You already know the Reader's Digest version of the Bible. We're going to say it in a few minutes when we say the Apostles' Creed. That he was suffered death, that he suffered under Pontius Pilate, right? Was crucified, died, and was buried. That he descended into hell, that on the third day he rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father. You know that you are in bondage to sin and cannot free yourself. And that this is why the Lord of glory gave himself into this experience. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believed in him might not perish but have eternal life. As we live in that story, as we reside, which is what the word abide means, as we live in Christ and he lives in us, we don't need to worry about having the perfect answers. An alongsider is not an answer giver. An alongsider is someone who loves Jesus and loves the person they're walking with enough to share Jesus with them and find the answers together. It gives us courage to know that we have been so loved by God that we can love the world too. And I want to close with a story. Um, I'm privileged. Those, you remember last summer I uh, got certified as a coach in the North American Lutheran Church. So I'm walking, I'm an alongsider now for other pastors who are trying to become better disciples, better pastors, better disciple makers themselves. And I've gotten to know a gentleman in Arkansas. He is uh, an amazing man. If a tenth of what had happened to him had happened to me, I would be a puddle on the street someplace. He's been through so much and sacrificed so much for the sake of the people he's loved in his life. He's speaking and preaching again after two years of not being able to even speak after a stroke. And last year, as he was flying to the pastor's conference for the NALC in San Antonio, he was sitting next to a woman on at the airplane and he, he was reading something and she looked over and asked him a question about it. He started telling her, about what he was reading and that he was a Christian. He didn't mention he was a pastor. He just said he was a Christian and here's what he understood about um, Jesus and this kind of stuff. Well, the woman, he, he told me the story. He said, I talked to her until it was clear that it was, she didn't really want me to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, that's fine. She said, I, I just, I understand. I don't want to be pushy, he said. But here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that God in Jesus Christ loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And I hope someday you discover that. And he went back to reading his book. Fifteen minutes later she goes, Can I talk to you for a minute? I'm not sure I understand what you're saying, but I'm interested in it. Um, I'm going to go home and find a church where someone can talk to me about that. What my friend didn't know is that Gemechus Buba, the director of our missions for the NALC, was sitting one chair in front of them and listening to the whole thing. So that when they got to the pastor's conference, he got trotted out in front of everyone and said, look how easy it is to share Jesus. We have been given an amazing gift of love by our Father in Heaven. And now, like the eunuch who 
was just so excited by what he heard. He's like, hey, look, there's a puddle. Can I get baptized? <laughs> now we can respond with as much joy and just as quickly and with as little fear by sharing Jesus with someone else. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so blessed and overwhelmed by the gift you have given us in your Son. You've given him to the whole world, but you've given him to each of us personally. Help us, Lord, to abide in him so his life flows through us and out into a hurting world. Lord, each of us has someone who came alongside us in our faith journey and helped us grow. Help us to see who we can come alongside. As our Savior gave his life for ours, help us in some small way give our life to others. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.